Welcome to Biomechanics on Our Minds. My name is Melissa Boswell. And I'm Hannah O'Day, and we're PhD students at Stanford University. This podcast is brought to you by the International Society of Biomechanics. It's, it's time, time for Boom. Welcome to Boom. We have Biomechanics on Our Minds. Boom. 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 Hello, my name is Nicholas Miller, and I'm a first-year graduate student in the biomechanics program at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. I will be hosting this episode of Student Voices, a series from Biomechanics on Our Minds, where I am joined by Dr. Robert Lionel from the University of Georgia to discuss the thesis process. Who do I hear? The thesis is probably the single big, biggest task for most graduate students. It is the culmination of what they have learned in their program and a demonstration of their authority in a particular subject of interest. Writing a thesis can be a daunting ordeal for many graduate students who have never conducted their own research before or have only done some on small-scale projects. Due to the significance of the thesis for, graduate, or for a graduate program and the scope of the project, I thought it would be a good idea to do an episode on the thesis process to answer questions graduate students such as myself might have. So, Dr. Lionel, could you go ahead and introduce yourself and maybe discuss your master's thesis a bit? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Nicholas. Um, so, uh, as Nicholas said, I'm uh, Dr. Rob Lionel. I'm assistant professor at the University of Georgia. Uh, I co-direct the uh, UGA Biomechanics Lab and the UGA Concussion Research Lab. Uh, I did my undergrad and master's degree both in athletic training at uh, Illinois State University, and I went from there to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill uh, to get my PhD in human movement science uh, with the focus in, in biomechanics. Um, so uh, thesis, yeah, I think you did a good job setting it up, Nicholas, that it's a, it's, it can be a daunting test and it can be intimidating, but hopefully it's a lot of fun and a good experience. Um, everyone has a pretty unique experience, and mine was certainly that way at Illinois State, uh, my master's thesis. So, you know, I, um, I really had no research experience to speak of as an undergrad. Um, so I'm sure there's some listeners out there the same way that really can make this process intimidating. But um, I had a great advisor, Dr. Kevin Laudner <clears throat> at Illinois State, and we wanted to, uh, I was very interested in concussion. Um, I mentioned my clinical background. I'm, I am a certified athletic trainer, so I really was kind of raised in sports medicine and, and then kind of moved under the research side of it as opposed to the clinical side. But I wanted to look at um, some concussion, um, biomechanics concussion outcomes. Specifically, I was using a, a portable force plate to record some uh, balance outcomes, center of pressure outcomes post-concussion. And uh, that was an exciting project. The, the problem that I realize now is that I, I needed concussions. And so um, anytime you're studying a pathology, you know, one of the critical pieces is to make sure that you have access to people with the pathology. And so I started, I actually started pretty early in my master's because we knew we, we needed some time to collect the data. And it just so happened that that first year uh, was one of the uh, lowest um, concussion rates on record at Illinois State University, uh, which is very good for uh, the clinicians and, of course, for the athletes, but not good for me who's trying to do a thesis on, on concussion. Um, and so what, what happened was, uh, you know, I was chugging along. I was doing everything I could to recruit. Uh, a couple of people said no, which, of course, research is voluntary. And then, and then on top of that, we just didn't have very many concussions. Luckily for me, as I was doing my literature review, 
I identified a study that really, really caught my attention. And it was just um, a simple survey study, actually, of um, how athletic trainers were managing concussion. And so I, I was rolling with the, the thesis I just described, the biomechanics, the, the balance outcomes. But I had talked to my advisor and said, hey, I'd love to do a side project that's basically an update of this old survey that I found because a lot had changed in concussion management. And I was pretty shocked at, at how poorly athletic trainers were doing. And I thought we, would pro- we were probably doing much better. So I wanted to simply recreate the survey, but as kind of an update to clinical practice. And so we were doing that completely separate from my thesis. It was just kind of an extra project um, that we were interested in. Then because my thesis um, fell behind after about a year of data collection and, and just not having access to people with concussion, um, you know, worked hard with my committee. We talked a lot about it and they kind of let my thesis become this survey study that I was already doing on the side. So kind of a roundabout way. It was not the project I intended to do for my thesis, but it, it worked out really well. I had a great experience. Um, of course, we published the study, which is what it's all about. Um, and, and so overall, it was good. But I learned a lot of important lessons, I think, in putting that project together. OK, um... So going back to uh, having difficulty recruiting subjects, I ran into a similar problem with my undergrad capstone where I was doing uh, looking at head acceleration and cheerleaders. And it was pretty impossible for me to find cheerleaders who are willing to participate in the study. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any advice for any students who are looking to recruit subjects and might be having difficulty like you did when you were in your graduate program? Um, yeah, no. So I think this is a really common problem, Nicholas, and, and uh, we, you know, the two of us have, have both experienced it. And so I think the first thing to do is if you're going to study a pathology, um, you really need to talk with your advisor and really think about logistics. And, and this is any pathology. You were trying to study cheerleaders. I was trying to study concussed athletes. You might be looking at Parkinson's, stroke, uh, maybe older adults, maybe children, whatever it is. But you really want to tease out that you have access to these people. And if you're waiting for people to get injured, that can be problematic. There's just no good way to predict with certainty how many people will get injured. Of course, you can look at previous year's data and and try to have an idea about it. But then you also have to account for the fact that human research uh, is always voluntary. So you might get 50 people that have the knee injury that you're interested in, but maybe only 25 of those are actually willing to participate in your study. So this is something that you've really got to do on the front end. You've really got to think through this and talk with your advisor. And I think one of the key things to remember as you're preparing a thesis is that you have a a timeline here. The thesis is part of the master's process. And of course, your overall goal is to graduate. So you've got to be careful when you design a a thesis that it's achievable in the time frame. Um, And so, so I think that's the key component. There's no magic way to figure out if you can have access to the population, the best thing to do is work with your advisor and and really try to look at historical data. If you want to work with Parkinson's patients, well, how many have we has the lab been able to recruit over the last few years? And is that feasible for you in such a compact timeline, you know, anywhere from one to three years, however long your master's is? Okay, yeah, that's probably something to consider, too, when you're looking at kind of developing your topic and specific question. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for students who might be interested in a specific topic but are having difficulty narrowing it down to a specific question they want to study? Yeah, there's a lot of factors that come into play when it comes to kind of picking that topic or developing the research question. And I think the most important thing is that it's um, 
that it's really something that gets you excited, that it's interesting to you. You're going to spend, you already mentioned this, Nicholas, it's a huge project. It's really going to start when you start the master's program and it's not, it's going to be the last thing you finish before you graduate. So if it's not a topic that, that, that gets you excited, then it's going to be a rough time, you know? So I think really picking something that you are excited about is step number one. And step number two, I think, is really working with your advisor to make sure it's a feasible project, to make sure that it's a project you can complete in the timeline. Uh, you know, and this is included me when I was a master's student. You want to you want to solve the world's problems with your project, right? You get excited about it. You know, you're going to put a ton of hours into it. So you want to do a really impactful study. And that's a good thing. But sometimes, you know, impactful research happens incrementally. We have to take steps to get there. And so talk to your advisor and talk about what's the next step to answer this really broad research question, you know, whatever it is, and maybe focus on that. And then it gives you an achievable project that really still has a big impact and can lead to big changes in the future. So what advice would you have for students looking to identify thesis committee members? And how do you think they should approach them to gauge their interest in uh, being on their committee? Yeah, committee is really important. Um, and, you know, every program is a little bit different in how they uh, do they assign students to an advisor? Does the student seek out an advisor? They're all a little bit different. So it's hard to have a single answer to this. But I think the key for the committee is to work with your advisor to establish this committee. Um, so, you know, identify, start to talk with the advisor about what the project is and what it might entail. And it's m most likely that your advisor will have a good bit of expertise in that area, right? You probably got plugged in with that advisor because he or she is doing something that you're interested in. But there might be a piece of your thesis um, that that advisor hasn't really done in the past or isn't, you know, um, completely comfortable in the data collection methods. And so that's when you really want to talk with that person and say, okay, what expertise are we missing from my project, right? So can we go find another person to invite to be on the committee that has a specific expertise that can really help my project be successful? Um, so I think it all, I, I hope in, in most cases, uh, it really shouldn't fall just on the student to go find this entire committee. It should be a collaborative effort between the student and the advisor. Um, and so the student hopefully can bring some ideas based on maybe they've had classes with a person and there was a lot of crossover and in research interest. Um, but, but hopefully the advisor also has a good feel for other faculty at the department, at the university, and then even other faculty in the research area that are outside of the, of the um, university. So it should be, I think, a really collaborative effort between the student and the advisor. Okay. How do you uh, deal with conflicts that might arise with your committee as you're working through your thesis? So I, I think it, it's bound to happen. It's just the nature of the beast. Everybody wants to have a successful project and, and, and nobody more than you, the student. I mean, you are really putting in all the time and effort. So to me, uh, far and away, the most important thing when it comes to the student interacting with the committee is communication, communication, communication. Things are going to change throughout the process. Um, you might... Uh, initially plan on some uh, data collection method um, and then you go and you, you pilot, you test this out and it, you find out it's just not going to work for whatever reason. The worst thing that can happen is that you, the student, just kind of change what you're doing, but don't tell anybody about it. 
And so then uh, a year later, a committee member finds out, says, hey, wait a minute, I thought you were going to do method X. You're actually doing method Y. That is the worst thing that can happen. And so I think constant communication through the process of, um, you know, I did some pilot testing and, you know, I don't think this is going to work. Sit down with the committee member. If, they, if they're willing to be on your committee, they're more than willing to sit down with you for 15 minutes, 30 minutes every couple of weeks to talk through the project. That's a responsibility that they're taking on. And I think sometimes students get afraid to engage committee members. But the worst thing you can do is, is not communicate continually. The worst thing that can happen is you engage the committee member at the proposal and then you come back at the defense and that's the next time you talk to them. That, that, is, that is not good, right? So constant communication and don't be afraid as a student to, um, to ask for help, right? So you are supposed to be independent. That's part of the project, but nobody expects you to be an expert or, or a wizard at, at, this, at this thing that you've never done before. So um, uh, requesting meetings, sitting down in person, inviting the committee to the lab so they can actually see what you're doing are a lot of good things you can do. But overall, communication is going to save you from, from conflict. Okay. So at this point, you have your committee set, you have your question kind of formulated and are ready to start working on your thesis. So how do you, do you have any advice for students trying to go from that identified research question, building up to that final uh, thesis paper? Yeah, so there's a lot to do between those two things, right, Nicholas? But, um, you know, I think the first thing is to really hammer out the research question and kind of... Um, identify the, the specific objectives or, or aims or purpose, however you identify it. And of course, the hypotheses that go with it. And so that is all based on, on previous literature. You should spend a lot of time early on reading um, related literature and, and using that to really form your hypothesis. And from there, it really should become a collaborative effort with you and your advisor, for, uh, certainly, but then you and your committee um, trying to develop the most appropriate methods to address your research question. And, and it doesn't, sometimes I think students think it falls completely on them. I got to design this whole study. And, 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 I, and I, that's not really the goal in most cases with a, with a thesis. Yeah, you're, you're kind of driving the ship. It's your responsibility. But there's a reason you have a committee. It's so you can get input, input from a lot of people. And so don't, don't be afraid to get that input as you're building the study and really identifying the methodology. And I, I think one thing that um, students uh, tend to rush through sometimes is, is kind of pilot data collection or preliminary data. It is, in my opinion, it's so critical that you get into the lab and collect some data uh, on, um, uh, on pilot subjects. So people that aren't actually in your study, get a few of your friends and roll through what your study is going to look like. You never, you can have this great thing on paper and you've got it all sketched out. First, I'm going to do this and then this and then this, but it just never goes um, exactly that way. And the only way you're going to figure out what your data collection really looks like is to practice it. It's like anything else, right? Um, so taking the time with your committee uh, to, to do some pilot testing and to kind of refine the methodology is super, super important early on. Boom would like to thank Sanford Health for their support in the making of the Student Voices series. Sanford Health is one of the nation's largest health systems offering integrated care, genomic medicine, senior care and services, research, and affordable insurance. Sanford Health also offers students both clinical and non-clinical internship experiences throughout the year, as well as graduate student training through a partnership with the University of South Dakota Department of Biomedical Engineering. 
These student opportunities include biomechanics internships through the Sanford Sports Science Institute and Sanford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Fargo, North Dakota, and provide mentorship, professional development, and growth opportunities, including gain, gaining real-world experience and building useful skills to prepare you for the future. And if you want to learn more about student opportunities at Sanford Health, you can visit sanfordhealth.jobs. That's S-A-N-F-O-R-D, health.jobs. Currently, right now, I'm working on my unreviewing literature. Yeah. And some of the issues I'm having right now is kind of narrowing down what I want to look at in the literature, specific papers that might be of interest and kind of critical for the topic. Do you have any suggestions for students who are right now just combing through the literature to find out uh, information and kind of build on that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Nicholas. I think this can be almost one of the most daunting tasks. If you really haven't um, uh, gone deep into the literature before, this can be overwhelming, depending on your topic. You know, if you pick, I don't know, uh, ACL injury and you go ahead and search that on PubMed, um, it's going to get you, uh, you're going to get a lot of hits, right? And uh, that can be overwhelming. So I, I think, again, I would talk with your advisor and think about, okay, I'm going to write this literature review. I've got my idea for my research question, but maybe that's develop an outline for my literature review. What are the really, really critical areas that I need to make sure I address? So if you have a nice outline for what that document should look like, it can guide your literature search, right? So I think that's one, um, one good way. Instead of just going to PubMed and diving in, have an idea of more specifically than ACL injury. But, but really, uh, whatever your project is, get as specific as you can and try to find those papers. And most people start fairly broad, right? If you're studying Parkinson's disease, you want to get some epi epidemiology of the disease. How many people have it? Um, wh how, what kind of impact does it have on people's lives? Uh, you know, because you want to establish that it's, it's important that you study it. But from there, usually you want to get more and more focused. Um, you, if you're going to focus on gait outcomes uh, during, uh, after Parkinson's diagnosis, then really focus on that literature. And you don't have to find everything related to Parkinson's, but focus in on the studies that have looked at gait outcomes. And then from there, focus in on the studies that have, that are, that have, used, that have reported gait outcomes that, that you think you're going to report for your study. Right? So the idea is, is almost like this funnel approach, right? Start kind of broad with the problem and how big of a deal it is and get more and more focused as you go. And, and to me, the best way to do that is to have an outline or a bullet list or something that helps refine your literature search. If you have that on the front end, it usually makes the literature search go a lot easier and that can definitely be overwhelming. Okay. Um, what advice would you have for students who are trying to kind of apportion time to work on their thesis? So a lot of grad students have a lot of things on their plate of coursework and responsibilities as a GA, TA, or RA? Yeah, I, that's a great point. And, and it really depends on your situation. But I think in in, in grad school is really when you um, can, can kind of, you have to refine your time management skills, right? Undergrad, you know, you might have thought you were busy during undergrad, right? But now you've got to grad school and it's, it's kind of new level stuff here. And you've got this giant research project to do. And so I think this really depends on the situation. But but you have to sit down and you have to be really honest with yourself and say, you know, I've got these exams coming up. So this week I've got to focus on those exams. And, and so, OK, so this week I'm not going to make a lot of pro uh, progress on my thesis. 
right? And then look into the next week. Okay, then my exams clear up a little bit. So I've got to block some time here so I can make progress on my thesis. Um, it's just, you've got to take everything that's on your plate, including assistantships. Um, maybe you're helping with other research projects in the lab, uh, whatever it may be. It, it can be overwhelming. So, I, I, you know, I think the best strategy is really to sit down and plan out your days and not just tomorrow, but it, over the next couple of weeks, you know, when your semester is going to get crazy academically, you probably know when your assistantship is going to be busiest. So you've really got to work around these time points. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, spring break is usually a great time to relax and have fun, but you know what? It's also a great time to get research done. And so you've got to look at some of these uh, breaks that were maybe you used to just take it easy and say, yeah, I can forget about my academics for a little bit, but this is a great time to move my thesis forward, to really spend some time with the literature, to write my method section, to collect some pilot data, whatever it may be. So it's all about time management for sure. Okay. What are some common pitfalls you think students uh, generally fall into when they're working on their theses? I, I think um, I, we've kind of already touched on them, but uh, the, the big one is trying to solve all the world's problems with their thesis. And um, I, I see this all the time now as an advisor. I took the approach when I was a student that I want to do the best project that's ever been done before. And you've really just got to take a step back here and say, how can I make an important contribution while finishing in the time that I have, you've got to keep the bigger picture in mind here. You're trying to move on to the next phase in your life. It's, you know, a job, an internship, uh, maybe a PhD, whatever it is. You've got to finish this thesis to take the next step. And so, yeah, you can do a really impactful research project that doesn't solve the world's problems, but maybe it moves the research forward. And so this idea of having a feasible project is really important, I think, to a master's thesis. And that's just something you have to talk with your advisor with and make sure that whatever you two are, are working on, it's something that can be accomplished in the timeline. Um, and then I think the other one I touched on this a few minutes ago is this idea of pilot data. And um, just because you know your lab, the lab that you're working on has done this type of data collection before or your advisor has, it doesn't mean that everything is just going to go smooth for you. So if if you don't take the time to, to collect some pilot data and really iron out your methods, it almost always comes back to bite you. And I'm not talking anything crazy here. Grab a few of your friends, five, six people, um, run through the data collection, look at the data itself, right? So don't just collect the data, but export the data, look at the data. Is this what I wanted it to be? Am I going to be able to address my research question with this, these methods and these data? Because um, if, if you don't do it there and you wait till you're collecting you know, real research participants, if something is wrong, it's too late. You can't change the methodology once you've started the study. But if you identify some issues during pilot collection, you can make really critical changes working with your committee before you ever get to um, the real data collection. So I think skipping or kind of brushing through uh, uh, pilot data collection is another kind of pitfall that students um, tend, to, tend to fall into. Okay. Um, a big problem, I think, with a thesis is having funding for it. Yeah. So do you have any recommendations for students looking for funding for their projects? Yeah, funding is not just a problem for master's students, right? This is something I'm, I'm faculty members are always seeking funding. Funding is always an issue. And so but I think, again, if we, we think about the thesis, it's on such a tight timeline. 
And grants, uh, you know, bigger scale grants are often not tight timelines. I mean, we're, we're waiting on grant reviews from grants that were submitted back in October, and we haven't heard anything about them yet. So the, I think as a master's student, you know, maybe the best place to look is at least first is internally. Oftentimes, I know we do here and a lot of other programs do, at the department level, there are some some funding options available to support, you know, graduate graduate research. And those can be really great options because they often fund quicker. Now, you're not going to get a million dollars, but you don't need a million dollars to do a, a really solid master's thesis, right? So I would start, if I were you as a master's student, I would talk to my advisor and I would start internally. Are there things in my department, in my college, and at my university that support graduate research? And I'm willing to bet that almost every university in the country has something um, that supports graduate student research, um, whether it's $1,000, $5,000, something. Uh, and, that, and man, you can make $1,000 go a long way with a master's thesis. So, you know, these external grants are really awesome. I think that, and I certainly would never discourage anyone from going for them, but they can often be very time consuming to write and prepare. And they can also be time consuming from the standpoint of when I submit it to when I find out if I got the money. So really consider, you know, some internal funding um, mechanisms when you're starting to think about your thesis. Okay. So after you've written your thesis and uh, you've walked, you've gotten through all these steps, you have the big intimidating task of defending your thesis. Could you maybe explain to students what that's like? Yeah, it is intimidating, but it should also be fun and exciting for you because I mean, you've worked for how, you know, a year, two years, three years on this project, and this is kind of your moment to show everybody what you found. And um, don't get too hung up on if you had statistical significance or not. You know, be proud of the project and be proud of what you did. And it, so it is intimidating. Uh, going back to this idea of communication, the worst thing that can happen is you surprise committee members with information that they weren't expecting at the defense, right? So if, if you've made changes since the proposal, which you almost always do, it's just the nature of research, don't let them be surprised at the defense when you say, oh yeah, I use this methodology to collect these data. If, if you've been in communication with those committee members um, uh, beforehand, then they already know what's coming and you can avoid this kind of surprise and um, sometimes surprise is not good if, if, if I'm a committee member. I want to have an idea what what I'm going to see. So don't be intimidated. Think of it as a, as a, uh, um, as a culmination of the hard work that you've put in. Um, if you've been really good at communicating throughout the process and everybody knows what's coming and, and they already have questions for you, but, but you know what, you're the expert in the topic. You collected the data, you did the work. Don't be intimidated. People are there to help you. A good committee is going to ask you really tough questions, but they're not doing it to make you look dumb or something like that. They're doing it to make your project better. They're trying to get you to think critically about your data, about your results, about what they mean. And if that's done well, then then that final project, that final product, excuse me, that paper just gets better and better and better. So think of it that way. Don't think of it, oh, they're going to attack me and rip me apart. No, they're going to make you critically think so that you can improve the outcome. Okay. Uh, this is kind of jumping around a bit, but going back to conducting research, um, you had mentioned that you had never conducted research until you got to your master's program. Do you, um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of students are like that. Do you have any specific advice for students who are just about to start conducting research for the first time? 
Well, I think one of the things is don't be intimidated by the process. I don't think anyone expects you to be an expert when you just start. So you're probably going to have some coursework um, in research methods, in uh, statistics, maybe things like that. You may have, you know, thought before this stuff, or maybe you even had some of that those that coursework in undergrad, and you kind of blew it off because uh, this isn't for me. Blah blah blah. You know, really pay attention in those classes and make the coursework your academics work for you when it comes to um, a thesis. Um, I, but I, I don't be overwhelmed by the process. It, it comes in steps and go one step at a time and just keep moving forward. Um, don't get bogged down at any one step. And, and when you have trouble with anything, don't be afraid to ask. The, the committee is there to support you. They're not just there to tell you you've done things wrong. I know it comes off that way sometimes, but it's, it's really not. The, the committee is there to help get you through. So don't be afraid to ask them questions. Um, another uh, cr- critical thing, Nicholas, and maybe this is maybe you could even speak to this a little bit, is other graduate students in your laboratory or that share your advisor or some committee members can really be a huge resource for you. And so people that are in the final year, you can learn a lot as you're just starting. And so don't be afraid to ask them questions. Most graduate students are all about helping other graduate students. And um, so seek out those people, especially if they share an advisor with you or they have a similar project. Try to get in with them as much as you can. Hey, can I come observe some data collection? Hey, can I look at the code that you're using to analyze these data? You know, so on and so forth. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like the, some of the best experiences I had both in undergrad and here early on in my grad program was assisting and participating in research. So yeah, definitely getting involved in other people's research is a great idea. Yeah. Is there anything specific that you would like to impart on students as they begin or are currently working on their thesis project? Um, that yeah, we haven't I mean, already just, yeah, just don't let it, I think, um, you mentioned before, Nicholas, there's a lot going on in life when you're a grad student and the thesis sometimes just feels like one more thing. But I think in the long run, you're going to look back and see it as a good experience, no matter what career field you go into. So just enjoy the process. Keep the wheels turning. you got to keep moving forward. Um, don't let things slow you down. You might have a week where you don't advance it at all. But that next week, you really jump on it and you get it done. But it, it should be a fun process, and it's kind of a neat way to learn, right? Like, you know, as students, especially in undergrad, you're, you're used to sitting in a classroom and taking in a lecture and studying a book and, um, you know, reading a paper that the, the faculty, uh, your instructor made you read. But the thesis is a great way to learn in a whole new way, and it's really to learn on your own and explore things and, and kind of answer your own questions you have instead of relying on somebody else. So... It should be a fun process. I know it's stressful. Uh, trust me, I've been there, and now I'm helping students through it. I understand it's stressful, but I hope it's a, a good process for most. And at the end of the day, hopefully you have something that you're really proud of if, if you worked hard for uh, a couple of years. Okay, I'll need you to hang on here for a second after we get done. But I'd like to thank you for agreeing to come on this podcast to answer my questions. Um, yeah, no, thanks for inviting me. Good luck to everybody out there. Okay. I want to reach out to the listeners and let them know that the best way to get questions uh, they might have answered regarding their program or topics that they're interested in is to ask them themselves. So I reached out to Melissa and Hannah and was given the opportunity to address a topic that I was curious about. And I strongly recommend that you do the same. Not only is it a good way to get your questions answered, but it is also a unique experience to kind of learn from some people who maybe aren't in your program. 
and just get some good feedback from them. So thank you again for listening, and that will be the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Student Voices, a series by Biomechanics on Our Minds by students and for students. If you have an idea for an episode of Student Voices, or if you want to host your own episode, please reach out to us at biomechanicsonourminds at gmail.com or tweet at us at biomechanicsoom. We'd love to hear from you. Let's keep these conversations going.